Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was Paternity Test from St. Louis with Nudie Mag. The song comes off of their debut EP, Incubation Period, which is available now everywhere from Sweet Release Records. Five songs in just under six minutes. Fast, hardcore, as you just heard. Uh, For fans of, would you say, career suicide, cut the shit, and suicide file? Because they would. And I think I'd have to agree with that. How could I not after that quick track uh, under two minutes there for Noonie Bag? The fifth song on the release. Check it out. Streaming available everywhere. Now, if you're familiar with uh, the previous band uh, Placeholder, this is a little bit different. And I would say a little bit better as well. So, run. Don't walk to the nearest Spotify and hit play on Incubation Period. Now, wait, not now, wait, please stop, don't do what I said. They can wait, paternity tests can wait, all right? First, you're going to stick around for this episode of Getting It Out Podcast, as I've got an interview with Brian Kemsley and James Phillips of Bridge Nine Records' latest band, Roll Call, and we're talking about their new EP, Perpetuate, 
also available everywhere right now on streaming services and also as a cassette. We'll talk a little bit about that and maybe in the future as something else. What am I saying? Wait and see. But first, Hot Zone. Yeah, what's good all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious Hot Zone back at it again with another podcast intro. They said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Get It Out podcast? said, oh, shit, I got to write a rap first, don't I? They said, no, you don't got to write a rap first. It's a hardcore podcast. said, all right, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Kick it. Make family out of friends. Make friends out of enemies. Peace to my family. Make friends till they bury me. All the places we've been. We're never sitting it out. We be getting it in. Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been. We're never sitting it out. We be getting it in. Where you getting it out? think I can be held accountable for the things I say anymore. I just want to put that out there. Um, if I said something wrong, offensive, that's not my problem. That's your problem. Uh, not because I really think that, just because I don't remember. I really don't remember what I say anymore. Sometimes people message me and they go, blah, 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 blah. They say a thing. And I'm like, is that something I said? Because I, I just don't remember. I'm, uh, I've entered that phase in my life. And if I did say it, oops, apologize. Sorry about that. If I didn't say it, does it sound like something I would have said? Because that's possible. I guess everything's on the table lately. I don't know, though. I don't know. Anyway, I, nothing nothing happened for me to say this. I'm just putting that out there now and forever on record. If I said something that was wrong or bad, oops, moving on. That should cover it, right? That should cover like any discrepancies in the future or the past. I guess. Isn't that, I like that when somebody does or says something bad, everybody wants you to, to condemn that. To say, say, say you don't believe in it. And you can be like, well, I don't believe it. And they'll be like, well, we want you to say it again. And they're like, well, okay, well, I don't believe in it again. And they'll be like, was that sincere? And you can be like, no, you just told me I had to do it, so I did it. And then they'll probably be like, well, if, if you don't mean it, don't say it. Like, well, but you really want me to say it. And if it gets us past this awkward patch where you just want me to say this thing, then I'll just say it. I don't care if I'm lying. And people don't like that. I shouldn't have said that out loud. But again, I can't be held accountable for things I've said in the past. And that was seconds ago, not going backwards. Speaking of not going backwards, the U.S. men's national team, that's soccer for those who don't know, are advancing to the knockout stage of the World Cup, the 2022 World Cup. From Qatar, which sounds like guitar, but it's a K instead of a G. What's the big difference? No U or I. I've looked it up. Um, also, a lot of people die in Qatar, apparently. 400 to 500 people is the estimation from a guy who was extremely vague about this. Uh, that have died while building the stadiums for the World Cup. And uh, how? Nobody really knows, it seems. It's just... I think... I think what happened is they have these migrant workers, right? They're from uh, Southeast Asia, I believe it was, and Africa. I don't know what that means. I'm not looking up migrant workers. I'm not going to pretend I have any facts here. I'm just going to give you my bullshit version of this. So they get these people in 
from places and they're living in squalor and they're like if you work here for this tiny wage you'll at least maybe have a place to live and health expenses covered if they're if that's like a pipe dream i'm assuming but all right so you can work here for nothing and uh, they do these death defying stunts daily and we'll pay you shit it's like 275 dollars a month i think it equates to uh but you know what kind of life are you going to get down there in Africa? So to stay here, do this, help us build this thing, make us look spectacular. If you die, oopsie, sorry about that. And that happened four to 500 times. <laughs> that is an insane rate. Uh, I imagine the person out there changing that uh, it has been zero days since last ac- accident. I bet they couldn't have gotten to 10, right? You can't get to 10 if you have people dying at that clip. Uh, maybe you could, or maybe you could get to 12. But uh, odds are, odds are they didn't. But maybe it was like two deaths a day. Maybe they had a high death day, three. I, the fact that this could even be a thing. And for all my Qataris listeners, I apologize. I'm not trying to be insensitive about the deaths of your migrant workers. If you're from the country who sent the migrant workers, I think that's on you. You shouldn't have put them in that position. So um, am I going to have to make a statement about I don't believe in these things? Am I getting myself in hot water? Speaking of hot water, I drank a lot of tea as I was sick over the last week. That makes me feel like I'm playing for the other team, if i got to be honest. Tea is not, it's not, it's not great. It's not, a, it's not, how do I say this correctly? And I don't mean the other team like England. I mean the other team like, like the people from England. You know, you know what I'm saying. Maybe you don't, maybe you do. <laughs> I think I'm back in the water again. Jesus Christ. Back to soccer. Christian Pulisic is the star of the U.S. men's national team. And he is local to Getting It Out podcast. We both live or share the same area code, 717. Of course, he is from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I am from York, Pennsylvania. The podcast takes place in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. My guest on this week's episode, Roll Call, recently played Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, all within the 717 area code. Roll Call is an excellent band from New York City, an excellent straight-up hardcore band, recently released their debut EP, Perpetuate, on Bridge Nine Records, which is like a, a, a new hardcore band. Being on Bridge Nine Records is something that we haven't said in a very long time. It's pretty exciting, to be honest, if you're of a certain age. For me, I loved Bridge Nine Records at a certain point. Loved them. I wasn't a vinyl buyer in, in these years. I was a CD guy. And I used to go crazy when they would have their $5 CD sales and buy like the entire discography every single time. And uh, I was really broke then and it was a total waste of money. I still got the CDs though, so that means something. And then years later, I would do like their uh, their mystery 7-inch packages and get all those same CDs again, like multiple copies. And then I would put them in the merch bin for uh, my band and sell them for a dollar. So they won in this case, but... I kept coming back, and I'm back again, baby, because this new EP is excellent. It's out on cassette right now and digital. I uh, believe there is a vinyl treatment coming in 2023. We talked a little bit about that, but maybe we were all speaking out of turn. Maybe we're all in the water again. There's a team. A couple of guys in hot water playing for the other team. Not England. But how about instead of me just recapping this hot tub party with james and brian of roll call i just let you listen to it but first i should play you a song but first i should briefly explain a thing we talk about in here uh regarding brian and the story with dr oz 
failed politician Dr. Oz, uh, former, maybe still current TV star, Dr. Oz. You're going to have to look this up yourself. We kind of brush over it, but uh, Google Brian Kemsley, Dr. Oz. There's a story about him stopping a kidnapping at a park or something in New York City. So we touch on that briefly, but go watch it on YouTube or whatever to understand what we're talking about. But first, listen to this episode of Getting It Out Podcast. And the song I want to play from you for Perpetuate is I Lose, You Lose. Check it out. And then my conversation with the fellas. Uh, from my vantage point seem to pop up out of nowhere on one of the biggest <laughs> hardcore record labels that has ever existed and your EP was perpetuate was just suddenly here you're suddenly a band it's uh, people with you got resumes that are recognizable to most people that have been around for a little while where the hell did roll call come from damn and hold on I, let me back this up again and is it as as sudden as it seems to the rest of us. Yeah, I think so. James, you want to tackle this one? Yeah. Uh, well, back in, I think it was October or November of last year. I, uh, we had a mutual friend who kind of put me and Brian in contact 
Um, Brian was looking to start a band and I kind of slid into his DMs. We had a nice little dinner date. He treated me to some dinner. We sat in the park, listened to some demos on his phone. Th- and, this is uh, all true. It was it was very cute. Very, I knew I knew he true. was I knew he was vegan, so I took him to the best Chinese vegan place I knew. Took him to a nice little walk to the park afterwards. Sat in the park and it was kind of cold, so we like cuddled up real close, sat next to each other, one headphone in each ear type deal, and we listened to some demos. <laughs> that, is, that is very cute. That's yeah, really nice. Yeah, very, you really very wooed romantic. him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he even complimented me on my height. He's like, "Wow, you're much taller than I thought." It was very, really, uh, really, it was pretty. It was pretty cute. Yeah, then, it was either that. I was going to comment on his arms. I'm like, "Man, your, your arms look really much bigger in person than it is on your pictures." I was really like whining, and dining, like going for it. <laughs> so you guys didn't yeah, know each other previously. Hard, to this. No, I mean we we had crossed paths previously, mm-hmm. um, with other projects and like, oh, I. You know, we stayed at, we played at his, at his house one time. We were in Seattle, like in previous bands. And uh, yeah, just a small community. So we had a lot of run-ins, but we never, we didn't know each other personally, no. Interesting. And so, uh, Brian, when, when did you start getting the itch to start a new band? How long has this been in incubation, I guess, for you? Dude, what happened was, okay, so previously, the band I was in before this was Outbreak. And Outbreak mm-hmm. stopped playing shows in 2011. And um, the last tour we did was with Sick of It All. And then after that, it was like, well, where do we go from here? That's it. That's this. Right. You know, you toured with Sick of It All. That's it. Everything's that's, that's, crossed the top. Off the list. that's the apex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else, uh, which is crazy to say now because 12 years later, 10 years later, hardcore is at such a different state currently. <laughs> You know, but back then it was literally the mentality of every band. Think of all the heavy hitters in the mid 2000s. Everyone broke up after one, one, maybe two LPs. Everyone Mm -hmm. that's been around for six years. It's like, that's it. We've reached our pinnacle. Now it's time to break up. There's nothing left to do. We all toured with single, but all now we're done. (laughs) Well, let's, 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 uh, well, I'll, I'll be the one that talks a little bit of shit. Let's do, let's (laughs) say what really happened is everybody did the, we're going to play our last show. And then come back in a couple of years and do a reunion. And now most of them are back around again. But there was, yes, that's, that's, but <laughs> I was just talking about this the other night with, uh, with Justice from Trap and Dice about how all these bands from that era really did this. We're done. We're not coming back, or, you know, and then everybody right. faded away and then immediately came back. But, uh, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Albrecht didn't do that. No, no, we stay true to just fucking going straight into a deep <laughs> cave and never surface <laughs> thing again. <Right. laughs> you know and being total loners and and rejects we we stuck true to that <laughs> yes. um but so what had happened was you know the p- pandemic hit and everyone was indoors and we all went through it our own ways and i don't know if you, you i don't know if it was the same where you are but there was like the first few shows coming out of lockdown, coming out of the pandemic were just incredible. Everyone went out. People that hadn't been to shows in six years came out. It was just, I think everyone was just itching to kind of be with each other and go, hey, I used to be in this life of going to shows. Let's have another then a year and a half. Let me check it out. And that kind of made me, I don't know, you could say like re-fall in love with it all over again. Mm -hmm. It was just wild. And I was like, dang, man, this is cool. And then a couple months pass, a few 
friends of mine's bands toured through New York City. I went out, you know, to a bunch of shows and I was like, dang, I think I got some riffs in my head. I, I, I got to work out. And also to stay busy during the lockdown, I got out the guitar, which I haven't done in eight years, maybe. Right. And I, I, to keep busy, I just started kind of going over riffs I had back in the day that never became any songs. I started writing new riffs. I was listening to bands that kind of just came out as the pandemic hit that just released a few, like an EP or something, but never got mm -hmm. to see them live because the lockdown. So I was just kind of really trying to stay busy. And then one thing led to another. I'm like, dang, man, I think I, I think I want to do a band again. I got, I got a bunch of songs written, but I don't, I, I need a drummer. First things first, a band can only be as good as their drummer. So that's when I started asking around and someone's like, yo, I got this cute friend, James, holler at him. <laughs> it's always and the drummers that. that the hard ones to get, right? Dude. And the, what was the coolest part about James was he wasn't the drummer of 14 different bands already. So, I mean, currently, mm -hmm. you know, right, right, drummers right. are always yeah. like, dude, you know, guitarists like me, we're a dime a dozen. No one cares about us. Everyone can pick up a guitar with distortion and just play some corny riffs but a drummer's like hey man you want to start a band he goes yeah dude i'm in 14 bands i think 15's fine <laughs> yes that's true we we have one of our yeah, local dude. drummers here who recently expressed the desire to sing for a band and you could just see everybody being like we well then who can <laughs> fucking drum man like, <laughs> like yeah I, <laughs> I i pitched that idea to brian as well and that got shut down <laughs> yeah i was dude. like yeah i could sing i could i could play the bass i could drum he's like yeah hey, let's let's just have you do drums i'm like oh okay cool <laughs> dude i totally forgot about that but 100 100 he's like james like you guys have a singer i'm like no he goes i can sing i'm like how about drums <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well dude, like I you said that. you took him to dinner so you know that's you you did you did the right way then um yeah there yeah. we go well, it's uh, I, I say this totally out of as a joke, but it's very topical for me living in Pennsylvania. Brian, I thought maybe this was all a ploy to capitalize on your 15 minutes of fame and hanging out with Dr. Oz uh, for <laughs> your incident that happened over the last couple of years. Um, and again, I, I, I would have totally avoided this. because I'm sure you've talked about it to everybody forever for the last year or so. Uh, but he, Pennsylvania, he was just up for election here and. Uh, and lost got uh, smoked hell. yeah <laughs> yeah dude yeah. and the dude um, that smoked him the dude that like won seems like a pretty sick dude in a good way yeah yeah i mean yeah. compared right. to dr oz and his politics and standing right. next to trump and like yes yes on that on that part yes totally totally true but also, this guy who this guy who did win is a little there's there's some there's some fraud shit with him too you know, he's like uh, a rich okay, kid I'm... who never, he's never had a job, but he does this blue collar thing, you know, so uh, whatever, whatever. I'm, it's all, I'm it's only, all politicians. I'm judging him because the first eight times I saw him on TV, I went, oh, wow. That's what the singer of Disturbed is up to these days. That's cool. <laughs> you know, just a big bald dude with a goatee. I, I, I literally thought it was the Disturbed dude the first eight times I saw him on TV. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, that's this is sick. <laughs> that's his appeal. He wears a hoodie and gym shorts and uh, he's just like <laughs> yeah. us, you know? Uh, yes. But yes. <laughs> no, it was not a, it was not a, uh, to capitalize on the uh, 15 minutes of fame um, 
uh, situation at the park. It was, uh, <laughs> I think it was my loneliness and boredom <laughs> through the pandemic. <laughs> I wish it was more exciting than that, but that, that was it. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's awesome. So you, you, did you start with putting it together with James? Was James the first piece? Yeah, dude, I figured, yeah, yeah, I, James, James was it. He, him and I got together in October and between October and December, we wrote seven songs together and, and then over Christmas, like demoed it, like with our computers, like he programmed some drums. I had no, like, no, no idea how technology works. And he had to come over and fucking <laughs> sort all that out for me. And then we, I could end up, I ended up recording bass and guitar and just to kind of get the feel for it. And we wanted to kind of shop for a singer with that demo, that, demo that was only circulated like internally amongst friends type deal right yeah. right so th so then where do where where do where does where do the where other does? guys come from <laughs> uh chad and chad and uh and cornell where do they how do you how do they get incorporated into roll call let's see chad chad and i have known each other for about 16 years maybe 15 years my old band before Outbreak, I played in a band called Gravemaker from the Northwest around Vancouver, Canada and Seattle. So Gravemaker and Chad's old band from San Diego did tours together. And Chad would what, always what come Chad's up What was Chad's old band from San Diego? What was that? It was a straight edge band called Masterpiece. Okay, I don't know that one. I know that yeah, Gravemaker. Gravemaker, I got to say, was one of the rare... Bands, at least from my vantage point, I lived in Baltimore mm. around that time, and you guys played there semi-frequently. It felt like I remember one tour maybe with Terror, but uh, but um, but anyway, Gravemaker, just to go on a tangent, seemed like one of uh -huh. the uh, one of the least nerdy bands to come, hardcore bands to come out of the north northwest. Uh, <laughs> so I appreciated that. Like, every every <laughs> other hardcore band that came from the northeast was like or northwest was like, oh, these guys like books and. And glasses and you know they're smarter than me and i get it but dude like oh, these dude. yeah these guys That's read funny. a lot of books and they talk yeah. about what they read mm. and they want to you know preach their yeah, life they're insightful we get it they're, you know but, yeah I mean, we're in fucking baltimore and we just want to bounce things off people's heads so a great maker yeah. for that. <laughs> wow interesting take this is very uh interesting yeah. because why well, I, I we we don't know we don't know what outside perspective is like i was out in the west coast for the longest time so when bands like rain supreme from philly from pennsylvania mm -hmm. comes through they came through on a winter tour once wearing like jeans and you know those winter coats parkas with a with a fur on the hood sure oh that was a thing here. like yeah. Yeah, I was like, yo, that's some hip hop shit. Like these guys are <laughs> these guys are hard as fuck. So when bands from the East Coast came through the West Coast, we always thought, yo, these guys are hard motherfuckers, you know? <laughs> and that's so funny to hear that when you hear of a band coming from West Coast coming in, you're like, all right, these guys are gonna talk about not eating meat or how we should treat people equally, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's exactly right. <laughs> yo, that's <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Damn, nope. Turns out we're all a bunch of fucking idiots. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's how I knew Chad. So I knew Chad from our previous bands touring together. And then when I was in Outbreak, <clears throat> Chad also came on tour with us like as a roadie. 
Okay. So he helped out because at that point he moved to New York. So I moved to New York at the end of 08. Chad moved there maybe a few months later. So when I was in Outbreak touring from 08, 09, 2010, loved like Chad helped us out a lot. And then with our friend Cornell, he I actually knew him from the Muay Thai scene because mm. I'm, I'm a Muay Thai fighter. Yeah. And he... I, I knew him from the scene before I knew him as Cornell, the hardcore kid, photographer type guy. Mm. And um, yo, uh, this this has never been outed, but um, check check this exclusive hot take on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cor- Cornell actually played in Count Me Out. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Yeah, dude. He was one of the original members of count me out he was the guitar player played on the demo that's that's dun, very dun, cool. dun. that's that's uh that's bragging rights yeah yeah he's sick but it's funny <laughs> before knowing him as the guitar player from count me out i just knew him as the dude in the muay thai scene freaking knocking people out and throwing low kicks and making people limp around um <laughs> like the, the dudes fought at madison square garden before you know he's a he's a nasty dude and then, you know, we developed a friendship from there and he was doing a podcast with a homie of mine that was also an MMA fighter that was also in the hardcore scene. So, our, but this was like 10 years ago. So we developed a right. friendship starting that. So it's funny that James and I started this band together as strangers. And then after shopping around for a singer, needing a bass player, this and that, it eventually lands on like old homies of mine, which I could have just started this band with any time in the past 10 years with, you know? But, <laughs> yeah, but the, there's an interesting thing about it is it sounds like you guys are all in the New York City area, right? Well, at least yeah, my yeah, view yeah. in the New York City area. But it doesn't sound like any of you are from the New York City area. No, no, none of nope. us are from. Like, we've spent, you know, I've been here for about 14 years. So I've been here my entire adult life for the, you know, almost minus a year and a half. Um, out of curiosity, where did you start? Where did you start adult years at there in that math? Um, I started my adult life in I think Seattle. There could no, have I mean, been saying, a, you're saying you've been there for 14 years, most of your adult life. So, in that right. equation, where does your adult life begin? 18. 18? Okay, so you, wow, all right, wow, yeah, yeah. I don't think so, I was an adult until <clears throat> I was like 30, that's why I asked that. <laughs> Ah, okay. I see what you're getting at. No, no, no. 18 years old. I was, uh, I moved to Seattle at 18 and that's where it started. But, um, I was only there for a couple years and I've been in New York for 14 and Chad's probably been living in New York longer than he's lived any other place as well at this point. Uh, Cornell has been here for over 10, maybe 12 years. And James, James is newly here from Hawaii. Jesus. Yeah. Hawaii. What are you doing? Yeah, I was, uh, I grew up in LA originally, like, uh, like beach area, Hermosa Beach, Torrance, like Black Flag, Pennywise, Descendants, like hometown. So that's kind of like what I grew up on as a kid. And when I was 30, after I got done touring with bands and stuff, I moved out to Maui for about six years and then moved here in 2022. That's quite the the weather swing. Yeah, quite the weather swing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I met a uh, I met a uh, wonderful lady when she was That's on it. vacation. Six six months did. later, I moved to moved to New York. So there it was. Hey, I get it. I'm uh, sitting in the 
the house that I have with my wife, who we got married after knowing each other for seven months. So I'm, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Same boat, nice. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah, you ever so- seen the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall? They based off out of James' life in Hawaii, falling in love with <laughs> very, a woman on vacation. Very, very similar to that. Is that right? <laughs> I, I think I've seen it, but I don't remember it. Uh, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well so, so it seems like, so it's a pretty interesting how you guys all came together, but you, you all seem like you were pretty active in the 2000s range of hardcore, which is an interesting time. I was, that was probably when I was most, well, I was, that's probably when I was like too into it, you know, like I graduated college, but had <laughs> nothing better to do. Should have been working and I was working, but just more focused on like, ah, what shows are coming through. Um, and it was a kind of a different era. I feel like, I feel like not a lot of those bands are still around. They didn't last. Right. It's yeah. Weird. But I don't it's know a, it's a weird thing. I don't know. I don't know if that's a bad thing. You know, maybe it's a good thing. Like, like I said earlier, it seemed like back then you were around for five years, you're mm-hmm. at your prime, and then you break up. Otherwise, you'll just fade into nothingness slowly. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll keep doing tours and less and less kids will show up. That was right. literally the mentality. I remember like starting new projects with people and they're like, all right, um, uh, my current band probably should break up in like 12 to 18 months and then I can do this other thing full time. And I'm like, dude, you guys are like, like the biggest band right now. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. That's why we should break up in the next like 12 months. And then we can do this new thing. I'm like, damn, it was like, a, it was like planned. It was, we, everyone knew the longevity of it. You know, like no one thought have heart was going to be around forever. You know, no one thought uh, go it alone or bands from the West coast, California. Like no one was like, yo, let's do this for 15 years, guys. You know, mm-hmm. Not one member thought that that ever was going to be a reality. Right. Right. And it wasn't, and uh, probably, like you said, probably for 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 the better that it wasn't, because uh, like I look back at some bands from back then that I hold like a like really high regard, like you know, like knowing I was going to be talking to you, maybe look back, like, all right, outbreak. When did outbreak end? And I looked, I was like, oh, outbreak ended. I have the last record. I have all. I have the whole discography, and I really like that discography. And I th- I figured there was albums I wasn't even aware of that happened afterwards, but there's not. It just it doesn't exist. And I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like have heart. I love have heart's discography. It's you know two and a half Dude, records, and that's it. Same. And it's like, same. And I'm glad that's it. Yes, a hundred percent. They are they're a prime example of someone that like peaked and broke up at their peak, so they can always mm-hmm. be remembered as like something great and special and they they were but also no a prime example got... of a band that said they'd never come back and then they came back but oh, that's not... you know what but they came back and played a few shows right they, they didn't come back and yeah. like wrote a yeah. new record or anything like that they just came back for a show or two right okay that's okay yes. that's 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 okay my book that's that, that's that's okay unless you know Unless your whole thing about breaking up was, guys, come to the show because we're literally never, ever, 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 ever going to play a show ever. Right, <laughs> then, right, yeah. then I guess that's a little different. <laughs> By the way, I should say this because I, because, because, and I should say this not only just to you guys, but the people who are going to hear me like basically bitch the same thing on a, on a like I said on another episode before this with, <laughs> with justice is that I don't even have a problem with people doing this. I just think it was, I just, it, everybody grew tired of it at that time. Like, oh, we're going on a last tour for a year and a half. 
and then we're going to play one last show in three different cities and then we're going to come back in four years and you know so anyway that that's just me right i think four years four years maybe too soon but once you reach like the six or because that's the test right if 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 it's been like six to eight years have passed and no one's asking and and no you know like and there's still a demand for you if it's been six to eight years and you look at your spotify playlist and there's like thousands and even tens of thousands of listeners hundreds of thousands you're like okay and then you get feelers out there and someone ca- covers one of your songs at a festival or something and people go nuts. It's like, damn, it's been eight years, nine years. Like, fuck. So True, but if, that's, but not, why if not, that's not happening. Right, yeah. But also, why not just do something like you guys did and start a new band with members mm-hmm. from all these other bands? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Who could probably do something similar and instead bring something fresh to the table. Um, And I have to imagine, um, we all know hardcore, who you know matters a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. You guys put it, you all put in the time. Roll Call doesn't end up on Bridge Nine Records right away. I can't imagine being that they haven't signed anybody in years with a new EP just like that without having established uh, credentials, I should say, without knowing these people, without being involved. And I think that's got right. to be a great benefit to you guys. Right. A hundred percent. Like you said earlier, Bridge Nine is such a powerhouse of a, a label. Um, they definitely put out probably three, if not four of my, my top five records of all time, you know? So I, I I highly like what they do. And over the years, they've uh, slowed down a little bit just because Chris, the owner, he's been busy with other things as like uh, opening a storefront, opening a brick and mortar, um, which is now open. They're just outside of Boston. They have a legit yeah, storefront. Yeah. yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's good for him. So the construction of that, the um, COVID, um, the delays of the construction. So that's why they were not signing any bands. It's not like that label dropped out of hardcore. They were just setting something new up. And um, I'm definitely hyped on being on Bridge Nine um, just because I'm a fan of them. So I'm, 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 I'm happy about that for sure. I don't know how James feels. I don't know. I actually haven't <laughs> talked about this with James. Maybe, Maybe James is it. like, fuck. James said he hates it. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like, like it one bit. He's like, nah, God damn I it. Mean, no, I mean, I've always, 
been a huge fan of Bridge Nine as well. I mean, like we said, we all kind of grew up in the same area, like the same era of early 2000s and then into the near 2010s. And they were, that, that's the dream label, you know, for someone yeah. that grew up in my, my time, like, dude, Bridge Nine, that's like, that's, that's the top, you know? So when Brian reached out to Chris and uh, he's like, yeah, I definitely, definitely want to do it. We were like, I was like sick. Like this is like <laughs> this is like best case scenario. Like okay, that's awesome. You know what I mean? So you were all shocked, by the way. Um, I should I should I should mention that James was the reason why. Okay, so we fast forward the timeline, right? So October, November, James and I got together, wrote a bunch of songs, demoed it in November, used that to shop for a singer and bass player, which ended up just being close friends of mine. Right, right. <laughs> and then. Uh, fast forward to April and May. Then we're having rehearsal as a full band. We entered the studio first week of June to record everything. Now, now let's stop in May. So right before we record, we're talking about payment for the demo. I mean, for this EP. Mm-hmm. And the plan was always to just self-release it. And we were kind of into the idea of not even announcing the band until we have a um, EP written and self-released. And then now that we have music out, then we book our first show. But we didn't feel the need to announce a band going like, guys, we're a band and we don't have music yet. And we're not going to play shows yet. But if you wait a few months. Follow the Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we didn't feel the need for that. So... In May, we're, we're like at a Mexican restaurant going over like, yeah, let's self-release this, blah, 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 blah. And then James, like out of nowhere, is like, well, maybe let's hit up a couple labels. And if no one goes for it, then we can self-release it. In other words, make self-release our plan B, but mm-hmm. sounds like you're fine with plan B anyways. You're totally happy with plan B, which is self-releasing it. So let's just kind of throw out some feelers, see what happened. Everyone passes on it. Everyone hates us. Great, self-release it. And if if, if James didn't say that, because everyone was on board self-releasing it, like I don't know, if yeah. James really put thought into it. Which James is a smart dude. He he definitely um, does. Whereas I'm one of those I'm just... West Coast, I'm one of those West Coast book readers, I guess. Uh... <laughs> Northwest Coast, North. <laughs> you Southwest yeah, yeah, yeah. Coast people are out of your minds. I don't yeah, know. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You Southwest folks are just like, hey, circle pit, circle pit, circle pit. <laughs> yeah, running around in circles. Yeah, yeah. You fucking psychos. <laughs> so you know, James had the brilliant idea of like, let's just hit up a few labels, see what happens. So we recorded it in first week of June. I fucked off to Europe for a month on on a little holiday. And while I was in like, I don't know, some fucking small town in Southern France or somewhere, I remember I had really shitty Wi-Fi. Um, you know, I, I got to you. I gotta stop you for one second because it's so yeah, interesting yeah. that you, you were there so long that you called a vacation a holiday. <laughs> That's a very UK thing to do, I know. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Oh fuck! Sorry. I mean, uh, I went on a little. I, I went on a little vacay. Yeah, there you go. So you're in so, France. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm down there. I remember it was a spot that had shoddy Wi-Fi, and I was um, texting with Chris. Um, you know, him, him, and I. Period. You know, through Instagram, 
we, you know, comment on each other's shit sometimes, just, you know, nothing really beyond that. So that was our relationship. And him and I got talking a little bit about the Bridge Nine store. And we were going to pitch to labels when I got back from Europe. And, um, dude, I don't even think Bridge Nine was on the list just because it was so far-fetched to us. Obviously, being on Bridge Nine would have been great, but we were not even considering labels at that caliber. Right. So we're thinking of like way smaller labels. And then Chris and I were chatting and I'm just like, hey, by the way, we're going to like pitch this new band I'm doing with this person and this person and this person. And we're going to pitch it to a couple labels. Um, Do you want to hear my half-assed piece of shit pitch or continue living your life and be totally fine without (laughs) us? (laughs) So he was like, oh, you're doing a new, new band? Yeah, dude. Send me a couple songs. I'm like, oh, Chris, that's so sweet of you to even entertain this and pretend you care. That's very, right, right. you know what? That's that's as much as I need from you. Thank you. Um, so I sent him the songs and was just expecting him to be like, yo, cool songs. You know, hit me up in a couple years. Um, right. <clears throat> which was, well, I, I didn't even tell the dudes I pitched it to Bridge Nine because, you know, I didn't even think it was going to pan out. Chris gets a hold of me. He goes, yo, let's get on a phone call. Let's make this happen. I'm like, what? What the fuck are you talking about, Chris? Like, you're crazy. So I had to go get some decent Wi-Fi. And we got on the phone and talked for like an hour and a half and went over a few things. And then after that phone call, I texted the dudes. I'm like, hey, I think we're on Bridge Nine now. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? We haven't even pitched our shit. I'm like, yeah, I accidentally pitched to Chris. Kind of half-assed. And he liked it. (laughs) So that's how that came to be. That's awesome, man. It's, it's, I like the way you tell that story because I think it's very relatable to a lot of people how we undersell something that we think is good, something that we did, something that we're proud of to people that we respect. And right. I think it's a weird thing we do. I do it all the time with what I do with this stuff. But when I'm When I'm reaching out to somebody through email about not necessarily podcast stuff, but like something something right and right you know like i sell it as yeah it's just something i do part-time whatever you know it's half-ass but i know how much work i put into this i know how much work you probably put into that i know how much time you you know to, you care about you know something but when we bring it to somebody who has a status we're like ah, hey, you know it's kind of sucks and uh, right. i think it's good you say that because we all do it and it's good to acknowledge yeah <laughs> yeah you want to undersell and over deliver if anything right 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 you can't and also we have to i think it's a little reality it's a little self protects yourself too yes to my it's to my feelings to my my ego to to all of it you know if i'm I'm, if i'm talking to like my 13 year old brother or whatever i'd be like yo I wrote the fucking sickest riffs. You want to hear this? Song you know? you hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm talking to someone that actually is an expert in riffing, I'm going to be like, hey, uh, listen to this thing I, I kind of started dabbling in that I'm not finished with. That probably needs a lot of work. If you have like 30 seconds of your time, I want to show you. Right, right. right. <laughs> 100%. But I wonder, I don't know how many times, maybe like when I'm on the receiving end, of 
like the opposite end of an exchange like that. Mm. Sometimes I don't know, and I'm sure you guys have been there in different aspects of different things. It's I don't know if it's I don't know if it's off putting or if it's you know you because you always like you you think you want somebody to come like confident, but then when, but then you don't want to don't want to have that turn into arrogance. <clears throat> so like it, it all makes sense, but it's just interesting to. Hundred percent. I think. I it. think I have to gauge how realistic and self-aware that person is. Mm-hmm. Meaning, it's good to come across and be humble with your art that you create, because you know full well what you think is good might not. No one might enjoy it even a little bit. Not one other human on earth might even take to it. And but if the person isn't self-aware and just comes across overconfident, like in our case, it's like, hey, let's look at the reality of things. We are not even a band band yet that's been announced. Right. You know, we're we're not even a freaking SoundCloud band yet. You know what I mean? Like we're we 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 I can't ever come across boss like, hey, this is gonna be the best shit ever, because the reality of it, it is fuck, we're nobody. We're nobody. And the fact that I've been talking to you right now that you're acknowledging and, and like saying nice things like, yeah, send a couple songs over. We'll see what happens. It's literally enough for me. That's enough to get mm-hmm. me through the week and having a little bit of confidence to pitch these to these way smaller labels coming up. Like, right. oh man, right, Chris, right. Chris has some positive feedback about this. He's not going to go for it for obvious reasons. We're nobody banned. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think you have to gauge how self-aware that person is coming at you. That's good. That's a, that's a very good observation. I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, but it, but it's really cool that it worked out. Um, <laughs> yeah. This, as far as I understand, is a cassette and digital, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, yeah, any plans plan to- for anything else? Yeah, we're planning to do a uh, like an LP, one-sided LP. I mm. think is the plan right now. But, uh, you know, COVID and uh, supply chain issues and vinyl pressing takes yeah. a little bit of time. So uh, that's in the works. I don't think we have an official release date, but I think we're shooting for uh, springtime. Yeah, that sounds about right. And L- yeah. uh, a vinyl release springtime. Yes. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's great. And uh, yeah, I know how well hearing about supply chain delays is like part of my daily actual job. So I totally get it. I work in the, I work in the print industry and it's like, yeah, okay. We know. Yeah. Do we even have to say it anymore? Like, is, right. isn't this just, isn't this the normal timeline now? Like everything takes yeah. a year, you know, half a year. Like we don't, yeah. It's been, it's been three years. Um, so yeah, getting a press, a record press takes forever now. Uh, but it's cool to have, it's cool to have an option like cassettes because people buy them. Uh, I don't buy a lot of them, but people do. I mean, I've got a couple right here, but uh, no player to put them on. But, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's still an option. <laughs> I actually don't even have a um, a fucking vinyl player. Like, I don't have a record player. But I couldn't I do got, without that. But, yeah. Yeah, I got, a, I got a bunch of records, but I always viewed <laughs> these things as, like, collectible items, whether they're mm-hmm. my friend's bands or bands I really like, go to a show, pick up their album, like, I none of my records I've ever owned in my entire life has been played. No needles mm, ever touched wow. it. I've never 
owned a record player. But I like to look through the art. I like to read the lyrics. I like to check out the thank you list. So same thing with this cassette. Yo, I don't have a cassette player because I'm not in 1989. But I... Fucking like looking through the art, and if people want to read through the lyrics and shit, it's it's just a item to collect. So when people come up to the merch table, be like, ah, I don't got a cassette player. I'm like, no one does. What are you talking about? <laughs> Not one human does. In fact, we didn't even have to put music on this cassette. There's no music no in it. Check. Yeah. No one's ever gonna know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. I say that yeah, all the time I'm about these cassettes. Yeah, we kind of made it a. We we were kind of talking like we didn't want to play shows until we had i don't know just having something physical to sell just mm -hmm. makes it you know like when someone's like oh you got any music like yeah go to spotify i don't know it just doesn't feel yeah. as like personable so we wanted we knew we wanted to do something and we knew that vinyl was going to take a while so we're like we can make a tape and like brian said the artwork media is different for each each type you know where it's a cassette or a vinyl so now there's going to be two different you know versions of the artwork for the cassette right. and the vinyl and even in the per like when we were coming up with the artwork for the cassette what we actually went with and what we had as an idea in the beginning are like was not the, the right like not the same thing it was totally different mm -hmm. and uh luckily our uh, art director uh pointed us in the right direction in that so i'm not really know <laughs> yeah a hundred percent god glad she gave um you know she's a designer she graphic designer fashion designer so she really knew what she was doing so we gave her the idea she was like oh no that idea sucks what she what you should do is this like no, 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 don't, don't don't get me wrong we can go with your idea if you wanted to look bad that's no problem but if you wanted to look good you would do it this way i was like oh and then she drafted it up i'm like oh wow it's almost yeah. as if you're a professional at this cool yeah, that was yeah, like it's... very similar to how it actually went. The conversation was very similar to that, and it was hundred percent true. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny how how you know sometimes deferring is the best option, and you got it, it's got a very uh, it's got a very uh, skate it's got a skater look. It's got a very skateboarding eighties skateboarding look, and uh, I like I like the way it looks. I like the logo. It's it's very simple but very cool. Um, you oh, mentioned thank you. You mentioned something about or a couple things there. Lyrics, I want to ask about that. And um, I forget what the other thing was, but maybe I'll remember. We all seem to come, as we mentioned a couple of times, from a similar era. And there's a phrase that gets said on a lot of hardcore records. It's, you guys do it too. I've been doing this for Help. a pretty long time, over 20 years. And I don't know what it means. I don't know why it's done. So it's a one-word question. And it's for whichever one of you. And it's just bust. <laughs> you know we didn't write that we didn't write that lyric that was no. uh... <laughs> that that was that was improv that was straight that was from the improv. heart man yeah <laughs> that's pure emotion that's what that that's like, i think what bus stands for it's just pure emotion yes i think it's a part of the song in which you need to emphasize something something kicks in and you've already had enough and and <laughs> in the record so you're like <laughs> fuck i can't i can't do that moaning voice thing what, what the fuck should i do and then bust came to be it's I, I always consider it to be like the uh the 2000s answer to go you know yes go in the yep. 90s and then and then bust in the 2000s and somebody will probably oh they were doing the 80s i don't care i'm talking about me it's all about yes. Me, you know? <laughs> um, I actually remember 
very specifically when when Chad did that because <laughs> that song's on the single, the song uh, track two of the EP called "I I Lose You Lose," and it comes in uh, uh, like like somewhere in the middle like coming out of a bass solo where the drum does double time. And so there, there needed to be something there. And we were just assuming it was going to be, you know, and Chad, Chad, like did, (laughs) Chad did a few takes of who's and it just didn't, we we kept the sound engineer guy kept going, let's do it one more time. Let's do it one more time. And Chad was like, yo, this is dumb. Let me just do this. And he just, let me try something. And he just went bust. And all of us were like, oh yeah, I remember bust. Yeah, that's the, that's the, yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the keeper. Bust it is. Yeah, it's better than uh, shitty kung fu noises. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's why that's in there. God, funny fucking question. That was sick. <laughs> well, uh, also, also lyrically, um, Bleed Blue is quite obvious subject matter, right? Uh, I don't want to say anti-police song, but you know, it's, uh, it's pretty it's pretty anti i'd say pretty anti yeah it's, that's, that'd be fair but yeah. your singer is also a firefighter which and that all right i'm not saying those are the same things at all mm-hmm. but usually those are two pretty united um forces is that a was that a weird subject i mean i know that's more of a question for him but oh, how did that go such a, with- this is such a cool question God, I like this question even better than the bust question. Um, <clears throat> no, this is sick. Okay. So he's a firefighter, has been a firefighter for about 10 years, works with cops on the scene. Mm-hmm. Dude has just as much of a distaste for cops as any one of us or any average hardcore kid, if you will. Now, keep in mind, Chad is also a veteran. He was in the Marines at one point. So you would think a guy that's a Marine that went into the fire department is definitely, he's only in the fire department because he decided not to be a cop, even though, you you know what I mean? It's the same person usually. Yes. But dude, he's just a fucking punk. That dude is just a hardcore kid. You know, he, and it's funny talking about him dealing with cops. Not that he's mean to him or rude to him or bullies him on the fucking scene of a fire, but I think he actually gets to see firsthand from time to time the incompetence they have more so than us. We have to hear about it in the scandal, but 99 out of 100 times, we don't hear about it because it wasn't right, big right. enough to make the news or no one filmed it. Whereas Chad being a firefighter just gets to see this shit firsthand. Yo, you did you hear about that subway shooting that took place in New York City this summer where that dude just shot it's a bunch a smoke of people bomb, on the train? And he didn't, he yes. didn't hit anybody or he didn't yeah. kill anybody? But he yes. Shot, yeah. <clears throat> shot a, a fuckload of people. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would love for Chad to tell this story. I don't think he passed publicly at all, but Chad was actually there on the scene of the crime. Hmm. Chad, that happened on Chad's train. So he was on the train that pulled up to the station. So it got shot on one train. Everyone exited that train across the platform and got on his train because the announcement said, everyone get the fuck on this train. We're going to bail. So Chad, they told him to come to the front of the train and he was the one like applying medical aid to these people that were shot. And the best part about this insane fucking horrific story 
is the first cop who ended up making the news four or five days later for different reasons. The first cop that arrived to the scene of the crime when Chad was kind of navigating and telling everybody what to do, what not to do, keeping people calm, fucking plugging people's bullet holes and shit. A uniform cop showed up like cartoon style, holding his hat on his head and his fucking utility belt running down the stairs got on the train and just screamed and said, yo, there's so many people that got shot. Fuck. Those were like his words verbatim. He was like, got on the scene of the crime, saw blood everywhere. So everyone lying around, he freaked out, was like, everyone got shot. Fuck. And he immediately turned around and ran out of the train. And when he was running out of the train, he hit his fucking head on the rail on the subway. And his hat flew off. Like, it was just like a Mr. Bean movie, this fucking cop. Like, talk about not helping at all. Everyone's trying to keep calm. He's, like, freaking the fuck out and then, like, bonking his head and shit. And Chad was the one that told him, yo, buddy, calm the fuck down. (laughs) So that's who he is. Chad doesn't give a fuck if you're a cop or is not a cop. He's, like, handling the situation and keeping people cool. But that probably happens every week in his field dealing with cops some dude shows up freaking out and he's like cop calm the fuck down buddy you're not helping in fact get out of here so later on in the news i heard that uh cops are like that cop was the one that made the news saying like his radio was broken so this motherfucker couldn't even call for backup because his radio would malfunction or something you know i'm sure like thinking about like this guy's he probably wasn't even holding down the button talking to the radio this incompetent motherfucker you know what i mean (laughs) so So it was funny when that cop made the news about the radio thing because Chad was like, I remember this guy. This is the guy that came in freaking out and then lost his hat because he hit his head on the fucking subway. (laughs) (laughs) So knowing that about Chad, um, that song kind of, you know, makes sense. That's awesome. Uh, I I love this story, too. And it says it says a couple of things. It says how that man has the confidence to wear a tucked in shirt like that walking through the city. It says uh, it says that there's got to be a lot of pressure on James to get himself in a newsworthy, uh, violent crime New York City story. So, James, step it up. Um, you know, I know. <laughs> there's half oh, the band's God. already done it, you know. But uh, no, it's very... <laughs> That's I'm the cool, least violent person of this band for sure. <laughs> you just gotta witness it. You just gotta be there. You, just gotta, you know, go hang out in a, a shitty neighborhood. See what happens. Um, but, but honestly, it's a, it's it makes a whole, a whole lot of sense. And it, honestly, I I can't be the only one who would question that. That's why I wanted to ask that question because I think yes. we all correlate firefighters <clears throat> and police officers as a unit, even though we know Dude. they're not, yeah. you know, Brothers. it's just, yeah. Uh, red lives totally. matter, I think is a thing that exists. Um, sure. So. We, we, we actually questioned it too. You know, we're going over the lyrics, you know, all of us going over the lyrics together. And uh, I'm like, uh, Chad, is this cool? Are you going to get fired or are you, <laughs> are you, are you, are you trying to get fired? Cause that's cool too. You know? And he's like, no, nah, man, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah he's cool man that's awesome that's awesome well um you anyway you you guys have have this ep out it's uh it's only 11 minutes long and it's a quick short burst 11 minutes pretty straight up hardcore i'd say um i really enjoyed it um i was it was a nice 
it was a nice surprise by Bridge Nine in that it was, it is just a straight up hardcore record. I don't think a lot of people would expect that these days, though. Of course, it would make sense too. It does make sense. But so what's the plan now? And this is where we'll wrap it up. What's the plan now oh. for Roll Call? I know you just did a couple of dates. You were down here playing. Is Roll Call ever going to be a band that's out there touring? Is this just something for fun? What's what, what should we expect from Roll Call going forward? What do you think, James? Um, I think we're all a little bit. I think the idea of us being a full-time touring band is uh, is not realistic. Uh, are we going to make some trips? Are we going to do some weekends? Are we going to do some, you know, some weeks here, weeks there? Yeah, but if, are we going to do like a full-on 30-day U.S. tour? I mean, may, maybe if we got... <laughs> If you know, you know, if yeah, if it if it's with sick of it all, and then we can just break up the day after, yeah, <laughs> there yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah. I um I I agree for various reasons. Um, I don't think we're trying to do you know thirty day tours and stuff, but we are trying to do some cool stuff. Uh, flying across the coast seeing old friends, playing shows. I'm really into some of the new bands that are coming out right now. And um, it'd be great to do a string of shows down the East Coast with them. So we by no means are trying to just stay stagnant. Like, hey, we put out a record. We'll play two shows in New York City. And, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, 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 we do. I mean, we just announced the band four weeks ago and played three different states already at this point. You know, <laughs> right. So... Um, when January comes around, we are in talks. Nothing is finalized. We may be doing Southeast Asia dates in February. Wow. Which is, which is, <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. I know, you know, like, yo, buddy, how about play all five bureaus before you, you know, hate <laughs> head to a, across the planet? But, but um, I got to imagine that has something to do with, with your Muay Thai experience, right? A hundred percent. So I'm yeah. out there three months out of the year, every year of training and fighting. And mm-hmm. this year happens to be the year that Cornell, our bass player, is coming making the trip too. So he's he's done Happy it before. Right yeah. So two out of four of us are already there. So we just spoke to the other two guys and we're like, hey, is it crazy to like play four shows in Southeast Asia of half the bands there? And everyone's like, yo, I'll fucking do it. So <laughs> I you know, we're it's in the process of being booked. We're thinking Bangkok, Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and Jakarta, Indonesia. And if you're from any of those cities slash countries, yo, give us a holler. Um, there's a couple shows already solidified, but we, we, we do have to solidify the the other few. And then, um, cool. yeah, and then I'll come back April, and April's probably when the vinyl's going to come out, so we'll probably do some dates around the Northeast then. Well, that's awesome. I hope you guys go out there and do that. That sounds that sounds very cool. I like I like your approach to this. Show up on the biggest label. One of the biggest labels play a couple shows. Asian tour. Next thing is the world. <laughs> then you get break up with sick of it all. This will be good. Uh, fight uh, crime. All, uh, all the things. Oh, you like God. A, it's like a it's like a viral hardcore band. I like it. Yeah.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with James and Brian from Roll Call. And the song you just heard was one of the songs we talked about, Bleed Blue, from Perpetuate. The new EP out now on Bridge Nine Records. Please, oh please, go get it wherever you get your stuff. I want to thank the fellows for the conversation, as I hope you heard. I had fun with them, and I hope they with I as well. So... It's time to wrap this thing up. But first, I want to tell you to go to gettingitout.net. Check out the show review I just put up for the Turnstile gig I attended the other week. Yeah, it took me a little time, but I finally got my thoughts down on virtual paper, digital paper, the screen. I finally got my thoughts down on the screen on the show. Don't worry, they're not deep. You can go there, read that real quick. Check out what else is going on. On the website, new songs from a couple of hardcore bands this week. Zulu just announced a new record and dropped a new track. One Step Closer released a new song called Dark Blue. And hey, you know what? That's how we should end this episode. A track from Wilkes Bears, Pennsylvania's One Step Closer. This new song is called Dark Blue. This band will also be on tour in South whatever Asia. With uh, Roll Call, actually. I think they're doing some dates together. So, good way to tie it up here with a little Pennsylvania hardcore. One step closer. Dark Blue. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 